0: If you've been on the fence about subscribing to Evolving Humans, now is a great time to do so. Starting this month, January 2024, I'll be adding an additional episode for you, but only as time permits, not on a regular basis. This episode will most likely drop on a Tuesday. When you subscribe, you'll be notified any time a new episode drops. Make that choice now, so you don't miss a single episode. And now, my friend, vibrational astrologer, Michael Spramuli, is back to give us the Cosmic Weather Report for the coming year. Welcome to Evolving Humans, the podcast for awakening souls. I'm your host, Julia Marie. Settle in and get ready for another spirited conversation. Michael Spramuli is a vibrational astrologer with a deep understanding of this cutting edge, scientifically validated modality. He has graciously offered to share some of his insights about the coming year's energy patterns with the Evolving Humans audience. His website is www.blueridgeastrology.com. Welcome back to Evolving Humans, Michael julia marie thanks for having
1: me it's always great to be here
0: well i always look forward to our conversations because i learned so much from you and i can't wait to hear what you have to say about 2024 <laughs> since we're in the, since we're in the middle of a mercury retrograde now you right. want to start there let's just start with those sure well next let, year
1: what i'd like to do too before we even get into the mercury retrograde let me talk about retrogrades just for a second because sure. Mercury is the planet that we're all familiar with when it comes to retrograding. It happens about four times a year for three or four weeks-ish. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, Mercury retrograde. And we'll talk about that specifically. But a retrograde isn't necessarily bad. Uh, All the planets, with the exception of the sun, which is to and the moon, which are technically luminaries, go retrograde. Which means it appears as if they're moving backwards in the sky compared to forward Progressive motion. But in astrology, the theory is when any planet goes retrograde, that's almost like a timeout. It's what do we need to fine tune related to the energies of that planet that we're currently dealing with? So Mercury regulates thoughts and communications. With Mercury, people are quite familiar with that. But what about the other planets? You know, Uranus, for example, because it's backward at, you know, in retrograde right now, and that ends up going uh, direct in early January. Let me see here. Uh, actually, late January, d- January yeah. 27th. Yep. So January 27th. So Uranus is this planet of liveliness and, and uh, spontaneity and breaking out of the norm. But when a planet is going retrograde, it's almost like the, not the opposite, but things are kind of on hold. And it gives us a chance to re-examine and look at what's happening in our areas of our life related to that planetary energy. So whenever people hear retrograde, they always tend to freak out. You don't have to. It's a matter of taking the time out. So going back to Mercury, Mercury went retrograde on December 13th, just in time for the holidays. So We always look at the planetary energy. Mercury connects thoughts, ideas, communications. If we're in a retrograde period, that generally suggests, especially, well, specifically for Mercury, that's not the best time to try to push new ideas, new information, or anything out into the world that is involving communication. Why? Because the retrograde gives us a time to say, all right, what are we going to put out there? It's like, if you think of, in terms of, of, uh, you know, ready, aim, shoot, the retrogrades are the time when we're actually aiming and dialing things in and getting Mm -hmm. more specific and not taking that action until we get all that stuff lined up. So with Mercury retrograde happening right in the middle of this recording and, And over the holiday season and all the way up through January 1, this is the time to not rock the boat because when something's retrograde, Mars is another example of this. When Mars goes retrograde, if we try to take any type of action, that's like shooting a a, a bow and arrow uh, or anything, but it's coming right back to you because retrogrades bring things back. It's like the maintenance time or the revamping time. So what we do is then during these retrogrades, it's the optimal time for us to step back and see, all right, what's what's working, what's not working, so that when things go direct, then we're able to step in and really let that energy flow out. Because if we try to do things that are working opposite against the retrograde, it usually ends up, smacking us in the face Mm -hmm. (laughs) but but that time is not wasted it doesn't have to be dreadful we're in it right now it clears up on january 1st it goes direct and it goes direct in the sign of give me just a second here uh sign of sagittarius okay so sagittarius is all about the exploration wanting to be on a journey Now is not the time to go on the journey. It is the time to plan for what what adventures lie ahead for the next year. So this retrograde period is is a great period of time to start thinking about travel, exploration, maybe thinking about getting a new job, not applying for one now, but starting to put those wheels in motion so that when it does go direct, you can then have that communication move freely and effortlessly.
0: So don't fear the retrogrades. That's a much better way of looking at them. It's a time to plan and to reassess, not necessarily to take action.
1: Yes. And, and yeah, can they be bumpy? Absolutely. I'm not all sweetness and light. You know, I don't want people to think that, you know, I don't mm-hmm. call it as I see it, but it's not necessarily gloom and doom. And if you, if you follow a lot of astrologers out there that everyone gets, they use this as, as, you know, like, Oh, the world's coming. Uh, you may get knocked around a little bit. That can happen depending on the planet that's going retrograde. That could be more or less Mm -hmm. but it is that planning phase and and that's a good indicator if we keep trying to do things and the universe is saying no no not yet we're going to give you a roadblock to think about this or we're going to give you a time out to think about it then we need to take the time out because if you barrel through it 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 ends up being a bit more messy than it perhaps needs to be
0: I, i can understand that message uh so, so while we're on Mercury,
1: let me go ahead and give everyone the, the sure. Mercury retrograde dates for the uh, for all of 2024. And by the way, stick around to the end because I've got all this stuff in a nice one-page document that I'm giving away for free. And I'll tell you how to get it toward the end here. So Mercury goes direct January 1st. It's going to go retrograde again on April 1st through about the 25th. Then it goes direct. Then we're, we're cool for a while until August. Get another Mercury retrograde August 5th through the 28th, goes direct on the 28th. And then the final one of 2024 is November 25th through December 15th. So next year we at least escape, you know, the bulk of the holiday season <laughs> outside of the retrograde. So, you know, that's, that's a good thing. And, and again, you don't have to write this down because I'm going to tell you where to get all this. And it even tells or the the signs rather that it's retrograding in. So that's Mercury for uh, now and uh, the next 12 months or so.
0: So what's the general uh, vibrational wave of 2024 looking like? If there was an overarching major kind of wave that's going, what does that look like?
1: So the big news in the astrology world is Pluto. Mm -hmm. Because for the first time in our lifetimes, Pluto. Is going to be entering into the sign of Aquarius. Now, a little astrology, history, and background here. It takes Pluto 248 years to navigate its way through the zodiac. It spends a varying amount of time in each sign, anywhere between like 11 and a half to 31 and a half years, depending on how often it goes retrograde. But Pluto is moving into Aquarius. For the first time that any of us on this earth have experienced. Okay. So what? Who cares? Well, again, a little background. The last time Pluto was in the sign of Aquarius was around the end of the 18th century. So this is what we do as astrologers. We look and see what major planetary patterns were happening and then look and see what was going on in the world. Mm -hmm. So that puts it between 1778 and 1790. Which happens to coincide with what some historians consider the age of revolution. You know, it's a time in history. If you go back and look in the history books from 1778 to you know almost 1800, countries all over the world were rising up, challenging authority. Uh, major political and social revolutions ended up happening during that time period. Well, it's back again, and Pluto enters into Aquarius, um, let's call it the 26. Here's the thing to keep in mind when we're talking about these generational aspects, mm-hmm. a day, a week, even a month really doesn't matter because exactly. it's going to be in Aquarius for the next 22 or so, yep. uh, years ish, you know, till around 2043, it's going to dip back into Capricorn for a couple of months, uh, middle of the year here, I think around May to August to do a little bit of cleanup. But then it's going to be in Aquarius for the
0: duration. For almost 20 years, spirits told me that the the change date for the collective is 2043. When I started to learn about Pluto going into Aquarius, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, maybe there is something to what they told me. Well, I, I think you're right because
1: that's, that's one date. But Pluto basically, you know, if you kind of round it out because depending on how long it spends in each sign— mm-hmm you know, say every 20 years ish or so, that's the major generational shift. So there certainly will be one in 43, but we're about to enter one right now. So we're going to go through two because remember when Pluto hits a sign, it's like connecting the circuitry inside of that sign. Yep. So another thing to keep in mind is that Pluto doesn't act alone. Pluto is there, but it's in a very tight orbit with the planet Neptune. The two of them kind of have this dance back and forth. Mm-hmm. And most folks don't explain this because, quite frankly, they don't know about it. It's not just out there by itself. There's, there's a, a, a ratio of rotations around the sun uh, related to Pluto and Neptune. Uh, Neptune makes it around three times to every Pluto's one time, but they're sort of in this lockstep type of pattern. Mm-hmm. Well, why is Well, Why is that important? Well, Neptune in vibrational astrology is what's magical to us. So because Neptune and Pluto are kind of in this dance back and forth, we're on the the precipice here of some really, really major changes to the collective. Because Mm -hmm. what is Aquarius? It's the collective. Exactly. It's not about the individual you know we've been in a cycle recently for for many years where it's we got to be number one got to rise up got to do your thing you got to go start a business gotta... it's all been focused on the individual well aquarius is about the con- the collective and because aquarius is all about being part of something things such as being part of a club political parties the co- the network of systems and individuals There's a lot of equalization that is expected to happen when Pluto slash Neptune, that cycle kind of resonates inside of the Aquarian energy. Mm -hmm. And, And Aquarius is all about thinking more about the group as opposed to you as an individual. As we step into this world, Expect things to, and remember it's the start of a 20 year cycle. So this isn't going to happen on January 27th where we're, we're heading down this path where there is more equality. There is this group evolution that starts to happen where things that we didn't have access to before we have access to now. So I would expect to see over the next 12 months, some advances across the board, technology wise, medically as far as medical type of procedures, look at Ozempic that just came out. That was a biggie for this past year. Everybody's talking about Ozempic. You take this little shot and it gets the weight off and it gets your, your uh, glucose in check and it's being hailed as a miracle drug. And they're not even scratching the surface on what they think it can do. Mm -hmm. There's some talk that it can help curb addictions and, and do a whole bunch of other things. That's major. That is a major shift. That's, the whole idea of Pluto resetting the system because Pluto has been in Capricorn for the past 20 years or so. Yep. Well, Capricorn's the system and the structure and all the things that we tend to reference on a regular basis. But Pluto is this planet. The energy that it brings is some astrologers refer to it as the wrecking ball. And I think that's partially true. It's like, it's coming in the level what's there and mm-hmm. rebuild it and, and, and give you a clean slate to rebuild what's happening moving forward. So it's been in Capricorn. And what has happened? We've seen systems fall apart. Political systems fall apart. The old way of doing business is, is everywhere. You know, now you can't pay cash in some places. You have to use a credit credit card or electronic payment. And that's all been bubbling over the past 20 years Now, I've got some specific vibrational data related to Pluto, but let me come up for air because, you know, I can get excited and talk for 12 hours. And I could sit here
0: and listen to you for hours. So, yes, we both need to stay focused. So, here's
1: something to be aware of because remember, I'm a vibrational astrologer. So, we're looking at vibrations and aspects. And I'm not going to get too technical, even if you're not familiar with astrology at all. uh, My goal is to put this in really digestible uh, terms. Pluto has been active. In the 13th, the the Neptune-Pluto cycle, they've been aspecting it together in the 13th vibration since early 2015. Now, the 13th vibration is about taking risks and stepping outside of the norm and playing big and being ingenious and, and identifying opportunities. That 13th vibe is... Differentiating oneself or standing out from the rest of the crowd. From 2015 through 2025, even though Pluto is going to be in the sign of Aquarius, it's still aspecting Neptune. So expect a bit more of this differentiation and risk taking and you know if you go back to 2015 you know the 13th vibe is was was clear and present during the uh political season mm-hmm. because we saw things that we never saw before there's a little bit of that left to go even though pluto's going to be in aquarius but then we hit this cycle starting around 2025 through 2032 where neptune and pluto are still aspecting but it's not Hitting the thirteenth vibration. It's a traditional sextile. And what that tends to do, sextiles tend to be free-flowing energy, not a lot of friction there. And it's not in a vibration, it's in a, a base chart. So I suspect that starting twenty twenty five, and when we talk Pluto, we gotta talk beyond the year because yep. the implications yeah. of the That's when we start to see a little bit of harmony and things kind of calm down a little bit because the energy is free flowing. I think if you asked anyone on the street, hey, what's the energy been like for the past five to seven years? Even if they know nothing about astrology or spirit or anything, they probably would come back with something. Well, it's been crazy. It's been wild. It's chaos. Chaos. We, we, you know, out of chaos, sometimes some great inventions Mm -hmm. and great progress gets made but there's still chaos there. So around 2025 to 2032, Neptune and Pluto are still playing together, but in a less disruptive type of way. Uh, and, and because this is all hitting inside of Aquarius, which is where it's going to be now for, you know, for the most part with this little dip back into Capricorn at uh, C- comes the middle of 2024 just for uh, a couple three months it's it's truly the Aquarian age you know we, we've been hearing about the Aquarian age since the 60s you know when the storm yes. came out
0: but this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius well, The, was dawning, back in exactly. the 60s. Well, well guess
1: what it, it's yeah. here and it's finally not yeah
0: and and now that means information
1: can fro- flow freely now here, here's some examples of Pluto in action 20 years ago, we would go and watch the evening news to get our information from news sources, Mm -hmm. your your big networks and what have you. All right, that's fine. That was the system. That was the structure. In this day and age, personally, I can tell you, I find that I get a lot more news and information that is accurate, by the way, from watching people who do deep dives into specific things on social media. Now, you obviously need to have your, your... logic circuit turned on and make sure you're not following (laughs) someone who's a kook, but you can tell if people are nuts or not. If you do a little bit of uh, mercury flexing and evaluate the ideas again, you have to be careful of who, whose information you consume and you just can't take something at gospel, but the system has changed and that's what Aquarius is all about. And with that becomes some more equalization. You know uh, w- whether it's re- related to personal rights or who has the power, Pluto is going to disrupt that. It, it's already started to disrupt that, and you're you're going to see, I think, a lot more mm-hmm. of that disruption and equalization when you see it get into the sign of Aquarius and hangs out there and really starts to unfold, and and that's exciting. Um, it, it's Aquarius has a humbling sense to it. Yeah. You know, uh, when, when Aquarius is present in someone's chart, and they got a lot of placements. There's often this idea of, no, it's not about me. It's for others or for the community or for the collective mm-hmm. people who have multiple placements in their, aqua- uh, their Aquarian house. They tend to be the ones who want to put others first as opposed to, Hey, I got to watch out for myself first. And that's a pretty big shift and it's not going to happen overnight, but I, I know for many, this will be a welcome relief because it's been challenging. You know, the system has, has been old uh, and has been outdated. And now that it's leveled, new systems are coming into place. So I think to what you mentioned at the start of the Pluto conversation that Spirit's been telling you things will be happening. Yeah, they they, they be will, because Pluto should be moving into Pisces, which is everything. That's eclectic. That's pulling everything together. Uh-huh. So this is almost like the preamble to that. So I think your intuition is right on point with that, but we've got one more step to get through. Yeah, and Maybe that's when humanity really evolves to the point where it's like nothing we've ever seen before, Compared to what we've been used to seeing, what what have you been like? What what does what does spirit tell you, and what do you what do you sense from that twenty twenty three date, or, or you know uh, that that period of time? I should
0: the twenty forty three date
1: twenty forty three. Yeah.
0: Uh, by that time, there's the beginning of pockets of people that have been born that aren't familiar with how things were before that time. In other words, they were born after some major shift. Yeah. So what that is, I don't know. But there will be people that will be living that are looking for people from my generation that are still alive to explain mm-hmm. why we were the way we were with each other. Because they won't have an understanding of why people would be so unkind to each other mm-hmm. and lack compassion and all of that. Well, that, that
1: makes Perfect sense. And it's funny that you mentioned this because I was watching a uh, a rerun of Seinfeld the other night. I'm a Seinfeld junkie, always have been. And there was a, a scene in there where they were trying to meet up at the movie theater. And it was this whole big production. They kept missing each other. One person went in, the other one went out. It was like, you know, a comedy of errors. And I said to my wife, I said, geez, people watching this today even will probably say, well, why didn't you just text them to find out where they were? Well, because texting wasn't there Mm -hmm. back then. It didn't exist. To your point, you know, when you move these generational planets out in 20 or 30 year blocks, there's a whole lot of things that that current generation or people being born in that cycle, it just doesn't compute.
0: Exactly.
1: Because- they they never they weren't on this earth they weren't in this in this form at that time and they will be asking well why did we behave this way it was a different system different set of circumstances completely
0: well as you're talking you used that analogy earlier about the ready aim fire kind of thing in reference mm-hmm. to the mercury retrograde yes maybe this Aquarian cycle that we're going into is the aim part it's the aiming part and maybe the next Generational cycle that we go into will be the actual fire. I think
1: I, I think you may be onto something there. And even during the aiming period, because you know, obviously a Pluto retrograde or mm-hmm. Pluto, uh, the planet Pluto is completely different from Mercury. But sure. certainly Pluto brings action to the table. Pluto brings this this intensity and compulsion. And in pure VA terms, whatever Pluto aspects. It wants what it wants, and it's going to amplify and magnify whatever it comes in contact with. So if Pluto and Mars are are aspecting either natally or uh, through transits, that's like intense dog with a bone type of energy. Mm -hmm. So when we look at where that's happening uh, as far as now with Aquarius almost being the 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 aim as you say before because the next you know these planets go around the zodiac in a very predictable manner well the next sign that that pluto is going to ingress into in 2043 is going to be pisces pisces it really is it it pulls everything together so as we talk through this it, this is almost like the prep for maybe a general consciousness awakening mm-hmm. that happens we're not there yet but we well, I'm to, I'm getting goosebumps. So, you know, it's like society's changed slowly, mm-hmm. very, very slowly. In fact, so slow that unless you're aware, and most uh, your listeners are obviously they wouldn't be listening to you. But you got to put yourself in the perspective of someone who's you know, quote, unconscious, walking mm-hmm. around, they don't have any clue about anything. People don't realize what's happening. So we're we're you know, change is always happening but when you when you have these longer cycles the change sometimes occurs so slowly that we don't realize what's going on until we step back and look to say, "Oh man, things are a lot different now than when they were in 2010." Yep. Or, you know, 20 uh 2007 or 8 when, you know, the markets had their 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 hiccup there. And then yep. you go back to 20 uh, uh to uh uh 9/11. Uh went went back when that happened, 2001. So you can't get to that point where everything is coming together until we blow out the old system exactly. and let everyone know it's a new game. And and I think what you're saying and what I'm seeing astrologically all tends to dovetail nicely together. Now, yeah, it's gonna take some time to get there, but it's good to know that humanity has the potential to head in the right direction.
0: Mm-hmm. Hopefully it
1: gives people a little bit of comfort. Yeah. And 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 here's the thing I always say about looking at these longer-term transits. You gotta live your life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, oh, well, I can't wait till 2043. No, I mean, you know, life is still gonna <laughs> <laughs> if you do that, you, you're gonna miss an awful lot. Yes. But realize that, you know, like a stew on a stove that constantly simmers and changes flavors and evolves mm-hmm. the longer you cook it, or a sauce as it reduces. That's kind of what we're looking at here when we're when we're focusing on these planetary aspects and placements that are very, very slow moving. Now, of course, your mileage will vary based on what's going on in your natal chart. When we do these type of far-reaching forecasts, it's at a very, very high level. When we're talking about Pluto, we're talking about stuff that, affects generations Mm -hmm. and billions of people and and all that stuff that's one end of astrology the other end of astrology is if we have your natal chart and your birth time then we can see how this is impacting you not only this year but this day and even at this minute so i always like to remind people don't Focus in on this to the point of like, well, this is going to be yay party time or my life is doomed. Everyone's going to have peaks and valleys throughout the next 20 to 40 years. And those peaks and valleys then get bore out based on what's happening in your own natal chart. And, and a real simple way to think about this is think about the economy. Technically right now, at the time of this recording, the U S economy is doing great according to traditional metrics. Mm -hmm. Stock market is up, unemployment's down. Okay, but yet you can run into a lot of people who say, well, (laughs) it's not so great for me. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's the same modality and approach that I like to apply to astrology. We're talking about collective trends. Sure, that's going to vary individually, but realize the overall direction that things are heading in. That's what we're talking about with the major trends uh, as far as affecting the collective as a whole.
0: Well, I like to say what you're providing is the context within yes. which we'll be moving. Absolutely. Now,
1: let me look at a couple of other things that we've got here. So I mentioned before that Uranus, because we touched on that a little bit, mm-hmm. that went retrograde in August, I believe. Let me go here. Yeah, August 28th went retrograde inside of Taurus. All right, so Taurus is the sign of where we want to jump in there and and focus on you know what what do we have uh when when we look at taurus as a whole it enjoys comfort yes to a certain degree but at the same point taurus enjoys and is is really good at just kind of letting things unfold naturally you can't rush a taurus that's why Taurus sometimes gets a reputation for being a little stubborn.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Now the same holds true for us. You know, we can't rush Taurian processes. We have to, sometimes if we have a lot of Taurus placements or there's a lot of things happening in Taurus in the sky, we want to go now, 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 now. And, and part of us wants that, but Taurus like, nope, you're going to have to just do it. Piecemeal. Piece by piece. Just like you watch the flower bloom. You can't speed it up. It just has to be well with Uranus being retrograde in Taurus since August. You may feel like, well, I want to do all these things, but I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I'm stuck. Uh, Should I change jobs? Should I get out of this relationship? And Uranus is that planet of spontaneity and living in the moment, but it's retrograde. So since August, a lot of people have been feeling stuck. It's like, I'm waiting Mm -hmm. for the shoe to drop. I don't know what's next. I'm kind of in a holding pattern. Well, The good news is that Uranus comes out of retrograde and becomes direct on January 27th in Taurus, which at that point then for the collective kind of unsticks us. It's like now is the time to be thinking about, well, where do you want your next move to be? This is the time to ask yourself the questions. Well, what, what do I want? Where do where am I headed? Do I want to do this? Do I want to stay here? Do I want to leave? Do I want to move on? Let your intuition during that time, this time I should say, just kind of run wild and see where you're drawn. You don't have to make any decisions today, but you need to be tuned into it. Again, it's, it's almost like that preparation f- phase. That's where we are right now with Uranus retrograding uh, uh, in Taurus. And that, goes direct, as I said, uh, on the 27th, and that should kind of set the stage then to take some of that action, live lively in the moment, focus on the here and now because you've done your homework that will then propel you forward. And it stays direct until... end of september it goes but because these these planets follow different patterns and cycles it's going to go retrograde again september 1st but we'll be talking way before then i'm sure and and we can dig into to what that's looking like
0: now is there a long-term dance with pluto and uranus too i mean you mentioned the neptune pluto thing is there one with Uranus and Pluto as well?
1: There, there isn't. I mean, there's certainly aspects that come and go okay. over time. But the reason Pluto and Uranus, uh, Pluto and Neptune are unique is due to the orbits. Oh, and, okay. And so the, the gravitational orbits of the two of those planets, they kind of work together in unison, like a, a yin and a yang. Okay. And, and they're kind of riding together. But <laughs> but that's an excellent question. And, and remember, those two planets are so far out. Mm-hmm. It, depending on when you look at them, they say Pluto the furthest uh, from the sun. Sometimes there are periods when Neptune is, yep. depending on where it's orbiting. So, but no, those two—the uh, only thing that, that consistently rides, uh, at least you know, on the coattails or back and forth—are uh, Pluto uh, and Neptune. Beyond that, okay. Then you just have your regular aspects that form, okay. which you know that that can happen uh, at any time, uh, depending on on where the angular distances show up in the sky. So let's see what else we have here that might be of interest to folks. Now, something else that's happening the end of this year, but it, it sets the stage off to be very nice, I think, for the beginning of uh, 2024. And that is right now you've got Jupiter, which is the planet of expansion. Jupiter is also retrograde at this moment. Okay. It went retrograde. Let me see when it went in here. Uh, in September. All right, so September 4th of this year, Jupiter has also been retrograde in Taurus. So Jupiter has been retrograde in Taurus since September 4th. Well, Jupiter is the planet of expansion, but not when it's retrograding. So part of you may feel like, I want to really blow up my business and grow to this next level and get the website up and, you know, do this. Or it could be, you know, I'm trying to build a house or trying to... Yeah, have a family and you know, trying to get pregnant and you've been working at all these things, but not making much headway. Or it may feel like you're not making much headway. Well, you're making more headway than you realize, but it's planting the seeds and prepping the Mm -hmm. ground right now. Okay. Because on January, actually it's December 30th, Jupiter finally now goes direct in Taurus which kicks the year off with expansion and big things and big intuition because it's in Taurus and going with the flow right now. The Taurus folks out there are feeling like flow, what flow there isn't any flow uh-huh. and and there isn't much because of with, with Jupiter not moving forward, it's giving you that time to regroup. So around the beginning of the year for everyone, and especially for Taurus heavy people expect the pause to then resume.
0: During this time, can I get my ducks in a row? Absolutely. Okay, perfect. But don't expect them to start Start to swim (laughs) and and (laughs) quacking until
1: we get out of the, and, yeah. and just as a refresher for energy, I say this every time because it's yeah. important, and I want people to realize this: energy is not a switch that just flows that, that you cut it on or off like the light switch. I mean, in that context, it is. But when we're talking planetary energy, all mm-hmm. right, it goes direct December thirtieth. Well, it's got to warm up and get into that cycle. So don't expect growth and you know newfound fortune and new opportunities, new relationships yep. to happen on January one. It's got to get into that groove. But what a beautiful time. When I was looking at this for the year ahead, it was like, ooh, this is a good way to start the year because mm-hmm. a lot of people right now have been feeling stressed and squeezed and I can't make any progress and nothing's yep. working and I'm putting in the effort, but why not? It's not in vain. You're, 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 you know, whatever analogy you want to use, you're prepping the soil to plant, you're cook. you're prepping the food for the meal. You, now is the time to be doing all these things so that when the energy starts to say, all right, I'm ready to blow up. Something that you've been working on, so that's exciting because you know when we you've got you've got uh, January first is is Mercury going direct? You've got Jupiter going direct on the thirtieth. It, it kind of sets the stage for it's like all right, here we go, new year, new stuff, new approach. Life is good. Uh, not much happening with Venus this year as far as retrogrades and. Saturn kind of dances back and forth. Not a whole lot happening there. Those are pretty much all the majors that I could do. That would make sense collectively. Again, you know, when we drill it down to the months, then I can kind of get in to the specific vibrations that are happening. But the way I position these type of long range forecasts is it's kind of just knowing, you know, what's what may lie down the road. Yeah. Don't, don't over fixate on it. Don't go because the longer transits, they take a long time. The faster transits, those are the ones that show up real quick, do their thing, and then move on, uh-huh. uh, You know, which are also very important for more of the day-to-day stuff. But fast-moving transits don't change th- your life. The slower-moving transits, like we've spoken about today and focused the bulk of our time on, yeah, those are the ones that give us the ability to change the trajectory of our life yep. should we choose to do so. And I think that's probably a good way to pull off. (laughs) Yes,
0: and that's exactly why I wanted you to talk about those larger waves of energy. Everything that you've said today should bring a lot of comfort to a lot of people, including myself, who are trying to move the ball down the road and might have been meeting with an obstacle or two.
1: Yeah, and and I'll, I'll leave you with one last thought. I love the analogy of the weather report for astrology because it it everyone can, can relate to a weather report. If you try to take action at times when the astrological weather is not conducive, mm-hmm. you can still try to take that action, but the result is, is not going to be what you want. Now, w- w- the times when we are stuck and feel like nothing is happening, even though we're putting in the energy, it, it could be an indicator that we're putting energy... In the wrong direction at that time, and instead maybe redirect it more toward yep. planning ahead,
0: so that when the spring comes, I'm ready to go. This is a perfect place to wind up this particular episode. So you mentioned earlier,
1: oh, a yes, I, I'm glad you brought it back. For the- I, I forgot. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I didn't. You said free.
1: Yes, free. <laughs> but I have got all of this information on the 2024 full. Well, they remote. can hear it; they can't see it. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, that's right. That's my <laughs> dyslexia. But I'm going to hold okay. it up so you can see it here, uh, which good. is showing backwards, I think. It's the 2024 new and full moon cycle. I call it the Lunar Lookup Table. I've got all this on one page that you can download for free on the main page of my website. You'll see it right there. Blue Ridge Astrology. You plug in your email. It'll get sent to you instantly. And it covers all of the new moon dates, all of the full moon dates, the eclipses, both lunar and solar, and major planetary station points. So this is something you get. You can print it out or keep it digitally, stick it on the wall. And it gives you again, from a real meta level of what's going on in the sky so that you can have an idea of what lies ahead. And that's completely free to anyone. Uh, BlueRidgeAstrology.com. You'll see it right there. And uh, I invite everyone to download it because if for nothing else, you can keep track of the new and full moon phases. And and that right there is very helpful because new moons are when you manifest, full moons are when you harvest. Yep. Even if you have that information alone and everything else that we've discussed today just kind of went over your head, the full and new moons are a great place to start because we have one of each every month. Every month. month.
0: Some, sometimes more than one, but <laughs> this is true. Michael, I want to thank you again for taking the time to share your vibrational astrology wisdom, and your tremendous enthusiasm with the evolving humans community. And may your season be blessed. And I look forward to our next conversation.
1: Absolutely. It's always a pleasure, Julia Marie. I I, I love chatting with you about this. And uh, yes, uh, good, good year and good season to everyone uh, within earshot. And uh, we shall chat again soon. Great.
0: Well, that's our time for today. Please tune in for our next episode when Michael will give us the Cosmic Weather Report for January 2024. He'll drill down on what's up in the first month of the year. Thanks for listening, all you evolving humans. And remember to hit the subscribe button because I'll be delivering more episodes per week when I am able to. And as a subscriber, You'll receive a notification each time a new episode is released.